Hello. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Cricket with the West Coast Infidels podcast. This is Vasant. Along with me is Ramakrishnan Jiyar, another member of the West Coast Infidels team. We are cricket tragics living on the western coast of the United States and love to incessantly talk about the sport at every given opportunity. This episode is about the IPL. We will talk about our thoughts on what happened so far, the standout performers, and how the teams are adapting to the new rules. Welcome back to the IPL. The return of the home and away model has certainly made the viewing more exciting. Notwithstanding the pre-tournament hype, plus a opening show replete with chariots and dancing and singing, the tournament itself struggled to get off the blocks in the first week, with most of the games being no contests. And then came that super Sunday when Rinku lit up the tournament with a once-in-a-generation performance. Then, as if a switch got turned, three more humdingers happened, making this season's tournament one of the better ones already. In fact, four of the last five games have been last ball finishes. One featured a brilliant hit back over the bowler to end a spectacular sequence. Then a frenetic buy to eke out a win. Then a dive from a two-meter tall batter whose frame allowed him to beat the incoming throw. And then a brilliant yorker to a batter whose ability to hit sixes at will had made him an all-time great of the game. Who writes such scripts? As of this recording, we are almost at the 25% mark of the league phase. And for a change, it is not like one or two teams are running away ahead of the pack. In fact, every team has already lost at least once. With the recent games being so closely fought, there is very little to choose from between the teams. In fact, some of the teams are still waiting on players. Some others are figuring out their best combinations, or for that matter, any combination. In this section, we will be talking about the various teams and how they have fared until now. Over to you, Ram. All right, let's start with the Mumbai Indians. At the time of recording, Mumbai have just produced one win of their first three games. This is a characteristically low start for Mumbai. They are known to do something like this, start very, very slowly. The difference that I see this time is the fact that they are really missing a couple of their big players. The story of Bumrah has been well documented. We will skip that one. I also want to add Jofra Archer to this list. We could argue that we probably didn't know enough about Archer's ability on Indian pitches. But there's no doubt he's a big match guy and he's got a big match temperament. And this injury seems to have really hurt Mumbai to the extent that they are struggling. The fact that Ishan's form after having spent nearly 15 crore on him must worry them. And for an Indian team heading into a World Cup, Rohit Sharma's own form, the 15 notwithstanding, will be a worry as well. Then you've got Skyfall and then that's a whole different story out there. So we now have the situation where Mumbai's younger players will have to step up and do this hard job. Only one, frankly, has done it so far, which is Tilak Varma. I hope we get to see some of these other kids get a few more opportunities. Hrithik Shokin has flattered to deceive, but he's known to be a talent. Arshad Khan, another. And even Tendulkar Jr. may come to the party as well. What's new? As usual, am I looking for the starting handle to hand crank this tournament? Happens year after year. Not really very surprising. However, this year there are structural issues. They don't have depth, which is even more glaring in their spin bowling department. 
I mean, the best spinners are a 41-year-old looking 35-year-old PC <laughs> and Kartikeya Singh doesn't board well. Archer has been a passenger. And Cam Green is yet to get going. There are three South Africans who are super talented, but they may not get much playing time this year because of the structure of the team. Rohit did have a good outing. That should have resulted in a very simple win, but it did not. There was so much of huffing and puffing before they got through. And as you pointed out, the saving grace has been Tilak Verma. Let's see whether they can recover. And to me, the key to the recovery is the one and only Rohit Sharma. Absolutely. There's no question about Rohit Sharma's class. He's started finding his feet a bit. That last innings, it was pretty good. But yeah, he needs to step up some more. And so the other senior players need to step up as well. So Kumar needs to find form with a bat. Ishan Kishan, who's their high-profile 15 crore by, he needs to find some form with a bat. All right, moving on. Let's go to the Gujarat Titans. So we've got Nick Knight famously said in commentary, right, that the Titans had got their first three games in the bag. That was just before, yes, they all started running into bowl that 20th over. And funnily enough, after Rinku Singh hit that first six, Nick Knight went on to say, he's hit a six, but too bad, it's going to amount to nothing. But I think it does show the comfort with which the Titans have actually been playing. If not for that absolutely crazy situation with Rinku and that preceding hat-trick coming from Rashid, they were absolutely winning that game. And remember, Pandya wasn't even playing. For them, Saha has been a revelation at the top. I mean, he started the first game amazingly. And and I was kind of telling myself, oops, Shrikar Bharat isn't going to get a turn now. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's not too bad. I mean, you know, I, I would have loved to see Bharat get some playing time as well. For selfish reasons called the WTC. I think Vijay Shankar and Sai Sudarshan have been spectacular. Particularly Vijay Shankar. I mean, what, what did the guy do? I mean, suddenly out of the blue. And he's been really, really good to the extent that you know, their batting hasn't even needed David Miller or for that matter, Rahul Tevatia to even come to the party at all. I think the, the Gujarat Titans have just carried on from where they left off last year. They are in wonderful situation. I'm with you here about Shankar. He's been batting beautifully. Some of his batting in that last game was outstanding. Overall, Gujarat Titans have looked very impressive, very efficient. They close out tight games with minimal fuss, which is what they did last year too. And they have Rashid Khan. I mean, Rashid keeps delivering win after win. And to me, Hardik is the glue and his presence on the field makes a lot of difference. This Gujarat team, like you correctly pointed out, has just carried on from where they left off last year. They remain a contender. Absolutely. Yeah, so very strongly placed Gujarat. I will watch them with much interest. And they've got coach Ashish Nehra is also a league of his own. Moving on, let's go to Rajasthan. They're the team that has really, really done well in terms of applying this old super sub rule. And what the super sub rule has also done for them is allowed them to sort of look a little beyond Riyan Parag. And they were lucky that they found Dhruv kind of come to the party, a few effective big eights. And so that came together really, really well for them. They found their Indian finisher in place of, of Riyan Parag. Their, their win against CSK, you know, today morning, amazing game, right? Sanju Samson, it was good to see him apply the template that was, you know, patented, perfected by Tony. Use spinners, strangle the batters, 
don't allow the chase to get out of hand. That was Dhoni's template. And it was amazing to see another team really apply it on their own home ground. Of course, they have the classiest of spinners to do that job for them. Ashwin, Chahal and, and Adam Zampa brought in through this really creative way of using the super sub rule. They sat Trent Bolt out. It's like, we don't need you to play this game at all. We play just the three foreigners so that we can play Zampa as super sub. I thought that was really, really smart. And Schmidt was phenomenal with the ball so far, four games. You know, it hasn't conceded more than 27 or 28 in any of the games. Bowled the full, full four overs. Picks up at least a wicket. It's just only had one, two, one, two wickets in every four over spell. And then Chahel, on the other hand, has already picked up the, the purple cap for that whole Pfeiffer in the earlier game, three for in the next game. I think he's hit the 10 wicket mark already in the fourth game. There's a lot of good things going in favor of Rajasthan Royals. Possibly the only con here would be Sanju Samson himself or his batting specifically. He'll be kicking himself for not scoring more in these four games, particularly with the two ducks that he had. But but still, enough of a long uh, season to go. I, I'm really hoping he makes it a, a 500 run IPL series. And if he does that, that will automatically put uh, Rajasthan into the qualifiers. I'm with you here, actually. This is the team to beat. They look balanced. And as you mentioned, they've used the impact player very well. Between Rian Parag, Dhruv Jarel, and today's model wherein they played Butler as a batter and Zampa as a yeah. bowler, it's just very smart. Their top order is firing. Butler is the world's best T20 batter. End of story. Okay. Pretty much. Their middle order is now getting into the act. People are not noticing how well Shimron Hetmeyer is playing. That makes a big difference. They have four top-tier international bowlers. Bolt, Ashwin, Uzi, and Holder. These guys are delivering. The acquisition of Holder was brilliant. He's just closes down scoring in the section between 10 and 15. Zampa did not disappoint either in Chennai. Very smartly, they brought him in on one of his happy hunting grounds. They discovered young Jurel and then rediscovered good old Sandeep Sharma. The only thing missing is Padikkal and Parag to get going. If they get going, this RR team is the favorite for the tournament, or at least for the league phase of the tournament. I'm still mystified and surprised about how they use Ashwin. They bat him anywhere. They bowl him anywhere. I mean, he's seemingly doing everything and it looks like they've given him a free reign. For whatever reason, Sangakara seems to allow him to do whatever he wants in the game against CSK. I thought the plan was they needed someone to blunt Ravindra Jadeja. They did not trust Hetmeyer or Jurel yes. to be able to face Jadeja who was creating havoc. Yeah, it, Jadeja bowled beautifully, by the way. Four overs, 21 runs. And yeah, I think no one would expose Shimron Hitmeyer to Jadeja at that phase of the game. If you really see it in the previous game, that's exactly what happened with Rovman Powell, was he? He got out quickly. I mean, if he had that, it's just been held back. The Delhi game. The Delhi game, uh, you're right. And if they walked Patel with Rovman, they could have put both Akshar and Rovman to use because Powell couldn't get, the, get past the spinner and he was out quick. And I think that's what Sun Royals learned and they used Ashwin for in this game. They are the team to beat. Kara is a very smart operator. I caught Sanju Samson in the post-match interview saying, look, I spent a lot of time thinking through this plans. I spent a lot of time with the data team. 
So he seems to be very sort of analytically oriented as well. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and of course, the last one was the funny line saying, yeah, we can't make any plans for this man. Pointing to Dhoni. <laughs> right. That guy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, I thought it was a beautifully laid trap. The way he used those 12 overs from top-notch spinners. These are not your run-of-the-mill bowlers. And that was well executed. And Very well executed. It's yeah. not just Sanju Samson, the batter that is of interest. It is now Sanju Samson, the captain also, who's who's really coming to, to a level of maturity. And there is no panic on the field. They're very organized, very settled. They very quickly move into position. There's no 20 people standing around the bowler asking them what to do. In spite of the fact that Ashwin and Chahal don't stop talking. But these guys were not sitting and advising anybody. So yeah, and, and nobody giving yarn to our friend Sandeep, Sandeep Sharma even after he completed two, 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 uh, two sixes, right? Yeah, no. Just go bold. Leave him alone. You know what to do. Just get it done. Yeah. And no, no yarn. Those three balls that he bowled, two to Jadeja and one to Dhoni in the last over, that won them the yeah. game. There's nothing that those guys could do. He made two mistakes. Both are hit for six. That's Dhoni at the other end. So you, you, your margins are very low anyway. I like RR. The way they're playing. Strong contenders for me. So let's go to Delhi Capitals. It seems like the loss of Rishabh Pant has just thrown this team into complete disarray. Right? Warner is playing too slow. And it almost feels like he's literally losing them games each time he spends a lot of time at the crease to just crawl to a 50. Can't strike beyond 110, 120 almost, feels like. And then, you know, the other batters just totally haven't come to the party. Sarfraz has been poor. Prithvi Shaw has been poor. They play Lalit Yadav in the middle and he's not been great. Akshar Patel, you know, they persist with him at the number seven slot, though he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant with the bat. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, they seem to be my candidate right now for the wooden spoon. I would have ordinarily voted for KKR for the wooden spoon. And I actually did, I think, some time ago. But for some weird reason, you know, now that they're stepping up their game, I'd rather vote for Delhi Capitals as my bottom of the table at the end. But they they need something very, very quickly here, right? Between Saurav Ganguly and Vicky Ponting, they need to figure out, like, dude, who's going to provide the reset, you know? Part of the problem may well just be the fact that there's just too many people in management all giving gyan, you know? Yeah, no, spot on. That's the problem. There's too much management going on and no real thinking. Some of it has been shambolic, okay? The batting has been awful. The bowling has been poor. There's been no strategy. And Prithvi Shaw was supposed to have a breakout season. But yeah. he's looked terrible. Safras Khan should stop playing T20s. Forget it, okay? He's just not good enough for this format. Now, Panth may be missing, but this goes way beyond that. Warner, yeah, he can be blamed for slow batting. But he didn't have a chance. Yeah. He was forced to play this way. And the only thing that they could have, they should have looked at to make things better is move Aksar to bat at four. Things yeah. might have just been better for Warner. So I think that they need a huge reset to the point of considering bringing in someone like Phil Salt. And even if it means benching Warner, go ahead, do it. Bring Phil Salt, bring a different set of people. There's no need for Roman Powell to play if he's going to play the way he's playing. And in all of this, I have to say, Aksar Patel has been very good. And 
Norkia has been superb. That last over he bowled yeah. was brilliant. Yes, absolutely. But the cricket team is 11 players, not two. So Delhi Capitals is not going anywhere at this rate. I mean, <laughs> I think the Delhi Women Capitals women's team would beat them at this point of time. Yeah, very poor. I mean, they even played Manish. Yeah. I mean, who is I think pretty much done as a cricketer. I think he just just too late in the day to sort of play him and try and get anywhere. So just too many question marks. They need to get their act right. Otherwise, they are basically finishing at the bottom in my eyes. And giving them competition, likely for that bottom spot will be the Punjab Kings. <laughs> It's just like a one-man army right now. Shikhar Dhawan is doing all the scoring. Nothing more obvious than that game against the Sunrisers. Yeah. The Bannerman record all over again, ninety-nine out of one one forty, something like that. But yeah, I mean, you can you can say, hey, there have been a a few injuries. Bearstow, Livingston. I think two big ones. I think that they've lost because of injury. I think Livingston is coming back, if I'm not wrong, but we don't know when. But again, I think they've also been let down by their Indian population, right? I mean, Ish, for example, I mean, was I mean rated very highly, even made it to the Indian team. Again, he has flattered to deceive. Shahrukh Khan has also flattered to deceive. Unfortunately, they for some reason preferred to play Nathan Ellis ahead of Rabada. I don't know why. Nathan Ellis hasn't done badly, but but. I think they should find a spot for Abada. So yeah, I think there are a few problems going on with Punjab Kings. And again, they've traditionally always had a management or a franchise ownership that was very, very interfering. So I don't know how that will work. But at least Shikhar Dhawan, the captain, is making runs. That's pretty much the only silver lining in that club. Yep. No, I agree with everything you have to say. Shikhar has been let down by everybody. The exception maybe. Prab Simran Singh, who's yeah, yeah. generally wields the willow, and is sometimes lucky when the bat meets the ball and the runs happen, but otherwise nobody has been providing any kind of support for Davan. Ironically, they won both their first games and they're two one. One was I think against a very poor Kolkata team, and one was against whom I don't remember. So, but again, Nathan Ellis picked up a four four in some game. and that was very impressive they beat rajasthan actually if i'm not mistaken rajasthan got ambushed because somehow in the middle they oh, lost right. a bunch of wickets and there was one mistake by sanju and then they lost the game there and then oh, right. shimron sort of had a brain fade but even otherwise they would have won that game so i don't understand why rabada is not playing i just saw some stats yesterday he's got 99 wickets in 63 ipl games the next highest to 100 wickets fastest is 81 that's the faster so when this guy is going to play the next game he's going to do it in 64 that's how far ahead of the others he has been in the ipl so this team has no balance now lime limingston will help when he comes but i believe that the earliest he'll come is after the weekend but oh, we'll see. see and i know that they have got two games quick succession starting in the next few days so i know he's going to play one or miss Play one or miss both. So the game that they won, by the way, Punjab against Rajasthan, was the game where they asked Ashwin to open. So going Haan. back to your point, what are they doing with Ashwin? <laughs> that may well have been the reason. No, that may well have game. been the reason. I mean, that's because Butler jammed his finger, right? But other people who can open, right? Why Ashwin? 
I, I they could have just had Padikkal open, man. He would have gone and swiped a few shots. I mean, Correct. that would have just made a very different situation if Padikkal had been starting to bat nicely. He was actually looking pretty fluid against CSK, but it, until he got taken out. Now let's start slowly moving to another central zone team as we move towards the east of the country, the Super Giants, in the presence of their illustrious owner, eased past RCB in that crazy game to get to a 3-1 record. Kyle Myers was brilliant at the start of the competition. I think he's finally, much happily for them, started losing form so that they can squeeze in Quinton Decock. Yeah. Nikki Puran <laughs> is batting like a dream. Some of the shot making that we saw against RCB was out of the world. This is what everybody was waiting for for years. Mark Wood, surprise, never thought that he would be so successful. When he bowls, people are very careful. It's a rocketing in at 150. He's spot on. Very difficult to hit with the sole exception of one MS Tony. Nobody really got on to him. Two clinical wins over the Capitals and the Sunrisers. That gave them four points. That actually set up their base very nicely to get to the top four. So a couple of things, right? One, I don't know what's going on with Avesh Khan. He seems to have taken a little bit of a hit in his confidence. And he is not in the same form that he was showcasing last year at the IPL, you know, which kind of led him into the Indian team. So I think, so Avesh Khan, something going on, something going on there. You mentioned sort of Quinton Decock. I mean, they've, I mean, they've been winning despite keeping Quinton Decock on the bench. I mean, initially he wasn't available, but even after he became available, Andy Flower basically chose not to play him. And that's a lot of Woodspa, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I guess that only happened because Kyle Myers was superb, right? But then you've got the Deepak Kuda issue. Deepak Kuda is yet to fire. And and remember, he's been given a BCCI contract to play the white ball Mm -hmm. game. Here we are with him. So, though I, you know, I may be jumping too soon uh, conclusion on, on Deepak Huda's form. So, yeah, they, they've got these a couple of one or two places where, you know, they still need to work out their personnel. But then some of the others, I mean, Ayush Badoni has been superb. I mean, he's, he's been he, another good example of that old super sub thing coming in, right? You know, they Lucknow have been using him as a super sub. And, Along uh, with so the that, Krishnappa Gautam. That was brilliant. Gautam, yes. That's right. I mean, he I mean, he was super sub with one ball to go and then he hit that ball for a six, right? Correct. There is a lot of chatter that Andy Flowers is a very smart strategic operator. So he knows what to do and he's reveling in these situations. Let's hop over further to the east. KKR. On paper, it is the weakest team in the league. No doubt. Some very poor trades. They had a very weak auction. They had a tiny roster an injured captain, a bunch of Bangladeshis who refused to come. It's an unholy mess. The performance in the first game was very poor. But at the end of the day, they just lost by seven runs after the DLS. How that happened, nobody knows. Which essentially means that had Russell not got out, they would have actually beaten the Punjab Kings. At that point, it looked like these guys are going to firm hold on the wooden spoon. And then, and halfway through the second game, Maybe the sight of the Pathan in the stands just changed things because Shardul Thakur decided to play in innings that he himself was unable to explain. He said, I have no idea where it came from. Trust the man in his honesty, right? 
and then the spinners got going right narayan and varun chakravarti were brilliant and yeah. there was some explanation to it apparently that track suits the way they bowl and chakravarti had done some research to know exactly what used to work for him so suddenly those eight overs were not liabilities vinky air got his mojo back with the bat and then of course that unmatchable rinku show came still does not alter the fact that they are a weak team but they are 2 and 1 and russell will win them two games there is also this other roy who is not a bengali and if they can accommodate him that fellow will win you two games <laughs> i'm just waiting for litton das to say he's not available so that they can find some more replacements i was going to start with litton das shakib has already said no is litton das going to say no next because i mean he would be best off at the top of the order where gurbaz is clicking so it's not like you know he's going to get a chance to play even you know if he does make himself available or if he does show up so that's going to be interesting venki yeah you're right i watched a recording of the innings the 84 my god he was playing all kinds of shots footwork wasn't exactly in the place but each time he was absolutely connecting and, and it, it, so that that was some brilliant innings dre ras they must be concerned about what he is not able to do it's been four games he's not fired once but yeah dre ras you never know he can just fire one fine morning or maybe this is the time where we can finally say Dreras is actually past his sell by date and I don't know which one it is. You never know with Dreras. <laughs> you never know with Dreras but I really think if KKR has the willingness to bite the bullet the management could drop Dreras and play a Namibian because the advantage oh. of Revisa is you get four overs with the ball and some batting. Okay? What they are actually missing is a bowler. they play visa they don't need to play the two new zealanders they can play visa and they can play jason roy at the top the balance is set correct yeah jason roy has joined them right jason roy has uh, joined them so they play jason roy and gurbaz yeah. at the top venkier can slot in anywhere they don't need to play locky or southy they can play visa and they can correct. keep their balance going with narain being the fourth foreigner and then suddenly the team looks very different they're going to lose the next few games in my opinion No, they're playing in Kolkata, two games of three. Okay, the next two games are Kolkata. No, first and the third, I think, are in Kolkata. So the games in Kolkata, it's the only team who are going to really be able to battle them in Kolkata. One is CSK, the other is Sistan. The other teams are going yeah. to have a tough time in Kolkata. Yeah. Let's go down the Coromandel Coast and meet our friends from Sunrisers Hyderabad. Was it expected? of course it was expected they would start poorly because they've lost half of their foreign contingent before the tournament started and then Perfect. some absolutely terrible combinations and then some downright poor performances the last game was really won by mayank markande finding his mojo and then rahul tripathi batting very well so yeah. rahul tripathi innings my i think it's very under uh, rated team combination is still looking very iffy but i That's really true. think that mayank agarwal is in danger of losing his place washington sundar doesn't deserve to be in the team and that's that bad true. for him because that means his chances of playing for india also going to diminish harry brook has finally discovered that india is not pakistan so to me these guys will have to make some major changes 
I really thought they made a big mistake back in the auction. They should have bid for Jagadishan, who went mm-hmm. for small amount. They have a problem with their keeper. Having an Indian keeper works beautifully. They don't need to rely on Klassen and Phillips for that, yeah. and that would have made a big difference for them. I don't understand how you cannot play Abhishek Sharma in the team. Yeah, I mean, and he's missing now. Markram has to carry this team on his shoulders. The way he played in this last game looks like he is in great touch. Very uh, good touch. Yeah, he went to a first bowler in the previous game, so not much could have been said about that one. What do you think about Sunrisers? I think the hard part of Sunrise for me has been the failure of Harry Brook. Right, I was very excited about him as a talent. Me too. And then we saw what he did in New Zealand. We saw what he did in Pakistan. The IPL is a tough place, and the bowling standards at the IPL are very high. And poor Brook is finding out. Markram, if I remember right, took the Sunrisers franchise to the title in South Africa. Correct. Right? Correct. Over there, also he was in spectacular form. I mean, all these guys, couple of these, a few of these South Africans. They are carrying their form, you know, from that franchise to this one. And the matches against West Indies, and then the ODIs yeah. in Netherlands. This is constant. Yeah, come back with a bang. I mean, remember this dude didn't even wasn't found good enough to play tests uh, when India toured, right? I mean, it's been an amazing change, and he is talented. I mean, there's no doubt. Aiden Markram is an extremely talented batter. Upon him rests the responsibility of resetting Sunrisers. Mm-hmm. They don't have much of a team, like you said. I mean, many of the Indian people have been really poor. Other than Harry Brook, the other person that I was really disappointed to see performing so poorly was Washington Sundar because he is really at the cusp of going back into the Indian team for the white ball. He may even be in contention for a spot in the World Cup team. He was spectacular in New Zealand. If he's not going to do much here, then he may be kissing goodbye his chances to make it back to the national side as well. True. Let's go to the Yellow Army. Yellow. Now it's very simple. CSK have to win their home games. In that light, the close loss to the Royals is not a good thing. Okay. Their schedule is somewhat lopsided. I think they're only playing two home games in the first seven, mm. and they're playing five at the end. So they have the wherewithal to go and catch up at a later point of time. Because beating them at home is very difficult. Very hard. Yep. In fact, nobody has beaten them for the last some six years, I think, other than Mumbai. Okay, Mumbai Indians mm-hmm. always have the wood over them in Chennai. So the Royals' win was not expected. Their weak seam bowling unit has not been exposed, though. They've somehow managed to get away with that. But they're terrible. The fact that Akash Singh gets the game says it all. Rituraj Gaikwad, well... Another Gaikwad shining in Chennai. That's about it. He just yeah, keeps on much. going. And he has had some support from a little bit from Conway, a little bit from Ali, a little bit from Raidu. And the runs have been coming. They need a little bit more. If they get some more runs coming from the rest of the group, or if Moin Ali gets going a little bit more consistently, I think they're going to put up scores that will cover that seam bowling lineup. Otherwise, they have problems. The big question is, when will Ben Stokes come back as a batter and a bowler? It's very unclear as to what is his injury, when is he coming back, what is his role going to be. If he's going to bowl two, three overs, it'll make a huge difference to this team. I mean, Magala, Pretorius, these guys, Patirana, 
come on they are not a match to stokes and i thought tikshana looked very poor today and uh, second game right first game so i suspect that if he doesn't come through in the next game then we will see santner but that in said that. i doubt tikshana will play outside chennai they'll probably play santner your Absolutely. thoughts no i think uh, like so he missed the game stokes that is right and it's uh, truly not clear to me why and how long is he going to be out so that was that is one point then he ended up opening the bowling for csk in the previous game and then he got hit all over the place by kyle myers he just bowled the one over but why did he have to bowl at all it was a well publicized affair that he was working out this deal with steven fleming that he wouldn't bowl he would just bat just stick to it right and you gain nothing out of fleming in that game and then you sit out the next game for whatever reason the other thing that bugs me about how csk are utilizing stokes is like not batting him in the top 3 if this thing that you said comes true that he is actually able to bowl a couple of overs then i simply wouldn't mind if conway is dropped in order to accommodate stokes at the top of the order and stokes and gaikwad can open and rahane can bat at 3 and mohin ali can bat at 4 that's an option but but yeah for that it needs to make sense for stokes to bowl otherwise you might as well just stick to conway and not play stokes at all so they got to work that piece out in my opinion and then of course the other thing that i found interesting was why would they take out raj hungergekar and play uh, karsing instead hungergekar was possibly more of a a like to like comparison with deepak chahar he can bat and hit a few blows at the end and stuff and he didn't bowl badly in the two three games that he he got at the beginning so again the this move to play akar singh ahead of hunger kicker was something i didn't understand as well i'm with you i mean hunger kicker should have played ahead of akar singh he bowled well is can bat which akar singh cannot there are four number 11s right so it's very strange and i think deepak chahar is done for the season and i think so too fancy csk's chances for sure to make it to the qualifiers but i think there are these couple of things that they still need to settle in on and figure out and so forth so they've been consistently using raidu as their as their super sub yep it sounds like they could do something better there they could do something better there but raidu is not disappointed he's i mean he failed today but the other days he's come and hit he, a few he runs he's yeah. very quickly got moving and but again that seam bowling attack is a bit of a joke but then That's deepak chahar mukesh yeah. choudhary kyle jamison all gone yeah, back to square one exactly okay and let's go down to the last team our favorites rcb <laughs> rcb continues to do rcb things i just don't get these guys i mean they could so very easily have been three nothing in all the games that death bowling has been horrendous right they got into trouble in mumbai but then Faf and Kohli completely decimated the Mumbai bowlers, so they got away. Fine against Kolkata, everything was fine, and then once Lord hit one ball above the boundary, that was it. They just lost it, and uh, we have this wide Mela guy called Mohammad Siraj, who bowled four or five wides in a row. Okay, whoa, fine. It's More really- about that later, but. it's it's just astonishing how they just break down in the last overs they had no business losing the game against lsg either yeah. notwithstanding all this poor and hitting correct they should have closed down the game harshal patel missing that run out at the mm. non striker end was comical 
there was a lot of debate about the strike rates of Faf and Kohli at various points of time during the innings. Some yes. of it is true. I think Simon Dool went on and on about Kohli looking for a milestone. I heard the same thing in the Pakistan Super League when he went at Babar Azam. Yeah, so right. this is he just changed the person. The same thing and. and it's spot on i mean kohli did slow down i don't know whether it was for a milestone or not but he certainly I did think slow he just down figure out how to tackle bishnoi yeah that that's probably my... was more like that more yeah. along those lines i mean kohli has been playing spin poorly just like dhoni was playing spin poorly in the last few years correct but to ask these guys to keep on getting 220 plus because the bowling sucks it's a little too it much sucks. it's just not fair <laughs> at the end of the day faf kohli and maxwell got them to 200 after that you should just you do should off with the bowling to win and on top of it you have this whole impact player business which means you have an extra bowler too so how do you manage to lose from there somehow rcb does the so very often i just saw the clip from mr nags Danish said after the loss that said it all <laughs> he's brilliant yeah. that guy yeah that guy is absolutely brilliant no doubt but i i i've yet to watch this particular video though that was today so was, i think yeah. the good news is i think virat kohli seems to be back he was poor at the last ipl so he's fixed that problem faf has been superb he's carrying his form in as well i think the the fact that rajesh patidar is not available i think may come back to bite rcb with some of the future games but they have not even done those guys exactly yeah but i think you know in closer games i think it will come up you know the, the lomrors and the anudravats aren't quite there and then the the other thing right just the comment like the comment i made about pan something similar seems to have happened to harshal patel as well they go play for india and they come back battered bruised in some fashion harshal patel has not been the same as well notwithstanding not doing the run out and everything but he's not been the same as well so there there only one decent death bowler is in delivering the goods that's really where the problem is true and of course the good news is that is hasaranga is back so they can stop playing this karan sharma guy <laughs> so which foreigner will they bench that's a good question i think perhaps david wiley will have to go who who are the foreigners faf maxwell maxwell uh, hazaranga now and, uh, and uh, this guy david david will uh, was there there's one more guy right who do they play as four don't tell me they played three guys every time oh they played reese topley in the first game yeah so reese topley played and then david will came in for reese topley that was the like for like sub correct who's the fourth the vein panel Wayne Parnell. So they brought in Wayne Parnell to bolster their death bowling. Yeah, they brought in Wayne Parnell. So David Willey will make way to Hasaranga, and also from I guess next week we will see Mr. Hazelwood back. Oh, is he back too? He's back. He's hoping to play seventeenth. So then it'll look better. Parnell may go too unless yeah. he does something magical and then there. So so yeah, both Parnell and Willey will make way for the original first eleven. I think that would definitely change the the. Uh, you're not going to hit Hazelwood the way you're going to hit other people. Harshal Patel has been found out. People finally discovered that this guy is bowling the slow stuff. So we'll just wait and hit exactly. him. Exactly. And they do not have a good replacement for Mr. Patel. No, they don't. They don't. If, if that if that need arises. With that, we come to the end of the first part of this episode. In the second part. we'll be talking about who made the headlines
Welcome back. So one of the most interesting aspects of each IPL season is who brings their A game to the party and helps their team scale new heights. Over the years we have seen the likes of Ashwin, Jadeja, Bumrah, Hardik Pandya all evolve from being talented youngsters to becoming superstars of Indian cricket. The hope is that every year we find a few such gems to add to the consideration set of the national team or at least those who have made the tournament an absolute delight. In this part we will talk about the standouts of the tournament so far. The usual suspects continue to flourish. Butler, Gaekwad, Rashid Khan, a few others. In my mind Butler is perhaps the best T20 batter in the world. There was this interesting piece of data on the number of times a batter played attacking strokes and their strike rates. Butler actually has a lower percentage of time he attacks but his strike rates are brilliant. In effect, seems to know when to attack and how to maximize the impact. That to me is the sign of a top-notch batter. Those who caught the eye for me though, Tilak Verma, absolute rock star. The national selectors should seriously consider fast-tracking him into the squad. He's also made runs for India A, so this is not just beating up some domestic trundlers. Rinku Singh, second time in two seasons, some magic has happened. Great viewing, wonderful to watch. He's left an indelible mark. in the history of this tournament with that show at the NMS however he's not going to play for india todoni the young man looks better and better every time he plays very smart very game aware but i think he bats too low for lsg there's no way to know whether he's good enough to make the national team sai sudarshan name that has been bandied about for a couple of years decent first season last year excellent performance in the vht and the ranji composed batter seems to be growing by the game potential to be nurtured for the national teams unfortunately i don't see a single young bowler who made it and a couple of older war horses have firmly announced that they are not done if anything they're batting as well as they did during their pomp shikhar we've talked about him a lot and ajinkya rahane whose two innings reminded me of the two brilliant hundreds at the mcg in 2014 and 2021 everyone knows that his fellow mumbaiker namely the one who took his spot in the test team is or the comba so yes jinx might still fancy a return to london yeah. thoughts well, jinx is recorded in london i don't even want to mention it <laughs> anywhere in england for <laughs> anyway so anyway moving away from jinx and london i think vijay shankar's heroics i think should be called out right amazing purple patch you know just before i mean he was just like playing so well even before the 2019 world cup he played well in australia that's what got him all that attention and got him into the team and then of course then he completely you know went out he just fizzled out and then of course down in this season he is coming back that 60 odd that he made in the last game of 20 odd balls it's an amazing inning just brilliant i mean i frankly did not know he had such a, he had that kind of a power game that he exhibited so that that was wonderful to see i think the the second name i mean you 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 had a pretty comprehensive list that's the only other name i can think of is possibly that of abhishek purel mm, yes. not to be confused with his cousin ishan purel who who we you know we are a fan of the other True. purel in this podcast you know having tracked his life ever since he started with a bang in the company of shuman gill prithvi shah shuman mavi all these guys at the world cup under 19 Now, the the first Purell didn't make it all that good at the IPL, but this young wicket-keeping member of the family, he was absolutely brilliant with that one catch that he took off of Rohit Sharma. I mean, they lost the game. That's a different problem. 
But a 20-year-old kid doing that as he did was quite something. And we do, we did read a little bit about how the, the Delhi guys did this comprehensive test of multiple keepers before they settled on this young kid. And it seems like they've made a very, very good call. So this guy will possibly keep for the rest of the IPL, at least still on this back. I would think so too. Porel has been impressive. But, you know, there's an outside chance that if they play Phil Salt, they won't play Porel. Uh, yes, that's right. Phil Salt can keep. Phil Salt but does that keep. They'll have to, yeah, and they'll have to get rid of one of their foreign players, even perhaps Warner. Warner. But uh, that'll give them the opportunity to bring in some... I mean, Porel has not shown anything with the bat, so they'll find somebody yeah. else for that. He had one innings. Yeah, since then he's... I mean, if you ask me, they should be playing, just play him. They did play Yejdo in the last... He game. just batted for two, three balls. Like I mean, yeah. give him a longer line, give yeah. him a longer time at the crease, okay. give him enough time to settle in. He could make a difference. With that, we come to the end of our second part, where when we talk about the standouts, this IPL has some new rules and playing conditions that has impacted the game. I want to talk about it a little bit, about the actual impact. Predictably, one of them is the impact player. Opinions vary. I personally quite like the impact player rule. Yeah, it doesn't fit in with the 11 v 11 contest. But guess what? All sports have embraced the concept of getting more players involved. The last football World Cup, soccer for the heathens, that is, they moved to five subs. And we saw how much it made a difference because I still remember the Japanese substitutes making such a huge impact in those matches, leading to beating Germany and all that. Across the board, there's been rolling subs, more subs. I think it's fine. Most of the teams have done pretty well with this whole impact player business. A couple of teams were very innovative. Rajasthan, when they replaced Butler with Zampa, or MI. Swapping between Berendorf and David. Right. This is to deal with that one very smart restriction where only four foreign players were allowed to participate. So it's not like they could have a fifth one. Somebody in the IPL council thought very hard and got this right. What's your view on the... Yeah, absolutely. Love, love the idea. We've seen some wonderful examples of how people have deployed the rules spoke about it a little earlier but i found the whole idea of using our karnataka off spinner that was a brilliant move to use him as a super sub just so that he could bat that one ball and then he could get into the bowling and similarly i think you know he called out the adam zampa example i thought i thought that was truly innovative i hope they persist yeah i, I hope, hope they persist with this yes the other rule was the drs for the wides and no balls I thought that DRS for wides is actually a good thing because everybody's bowling wide off the off stump. Now, the fact that people can ask whether something is a wide or not a wide will mean that people don't get away with that constant type of bowling, if you will. But I do think that there's a more exact way to adjudicate these wides. Umpires have not been consistent. They've not been able to really interpret what is outside the reach of the batter versus within the reach with all the batter movement. We've seen batters going so far out, even past the blue line, which essentially meant that the return crease was still very reachable. But if you bowl the ball outside the return crease, it's a wide automatically. So there are quite a few things that need to be fine-tuned in this. But if they can make it more consistent, 
I think this works well. Yeah, agree. Absolutely. The last thing I just want to talk about the one thing that I really did not like, which is the duration of the games. The innings are supposed to last 90 minutes including the two strategic breaks plus a 20 minute interval in the middle. So the right. game is 3 hours and 20 minutes. Not is it going up to 4 hours almost. Yeah, no, many games are going on for 4 hours. It's just not working. I mean the DRS reviews are horrendous. I saw a few games from the 100 two years ago or last year and I saw how quickly they did their DRS reviews. it doesn't need to take so long and half the time they get it wrong too it's really poor quality i mean there is no need for the umpire to ask now show me this now show me this now show me this just get on with it and show the whole thing at one shot i just don't understand yeah. this if it's a matter of cost so much money is spent in this why don't you just get done with this everybody will be happy the players are happier the crowd is happy the tv viewers are happy the broadcasters are happy Nobody wants to see this go forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Two hour innings and all that stuff. And so far only two teams have been fined. That yeah. shows that uh, the penalties are not being applied. I also think that they should make the batters who waste time held accountable. So it's very simple if they keep on asking for breaks, deduct yeah, that from their bowling that. time. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And do something like that, then they'll stop. So yeah. They had this other rule, you know, where they wouldn't allow a few number of fielders outside of the thirty-yard circle if they went past their time. Correct. Are they doing that? They are. Game? They did it for one game. Okay. Ah. They did it for one game. I think it was RCB game actually. Even there, RCB was actually beyond the time even before the nineteenth over started, but they were only penalized in the twentieth over. I think they've been right. a little lax. we have to give a little bit of width to the players it's hot yeah they need a lot of hydration so some of the breaks are reasonable in fact fifa introduced this rule that if the temperature goes over a particular level they automatically initiate a water break the game is stopped oh. and it happened several times in the world cup they stopped the yeah. game people were hydrated and then they restarted So that is also because they held it in Qatar. Maybe it might have happened only once in Qatar. It happened in the Euro many times. Is there sense in cutting out one of the strategic breaks? I mean, you can save a few minutes there. Yeah. See, the thing is, when do they call the strategic breaks? They spend thirty seconds before they call the strategic break. Yeah. Don't cut the strategic break out. Fix it at certain overs, and the moment the over is done, just tap the watch okay. and get it moving. Okay. and drs i mean they get 15 seconds and you call the drs and then fix a time for the drs otherwise the decision on the field stands yeah okay and so they have to do a few things like that and then put pressure on the broadcasters okay fine don't give them time to replace videos so that their favorite team wins Okay. <laughs> I was convinced that there was what is going on at the WPL, but that's a different matter. But they have to get moving much, much they faster, right? I, four hour games are just not. No, and I mean, as somebody I pointed out, morning I'm still watching the game. I'm like, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> no, a very practical thing came up the other day. Somebody was talking about just in some podcast about how children have to go to school. and this is supposed right. to be a family affair in india right and if you're going to take the game well beyond 11 11:30 it becomes a problem instead of the game is done at 10:45 it 
kids go to sleep next day they go off to school viewership has been dropping precipitously after the 10:30 mark wow that's a problem so yeah the broadcasters will be more than happy if something is sliced out of this so they have to do a little bit of analysis to find out where it's not like the broadcasters are asking for less ad time they get their ad time it's the dragging out of the interruptions the drs is a huge culprit and i'm pretty sure the teams can do better yeah i agree i they need tighter fines or something no. instead of giving them 85 minutes just make it 80 minutes cut 5 minutes off have a, have a short clock right absolutely they can they can definitely control the timelines in the next 7 days we're going to see nine games most of the teams will be playing two games except for i think csk and maybe ara and i think the table will get more clearer at that point of time let's take a quick look and give our predictions for each game the first one gujarat titans at mohali gujarat titans same here then srh at the eden gardens i'm picking kkr here i'm picking kkr as well here dc at the chinnaswamy day game rcb yeah same here then punjab at the ekna Yeah, uh, Lucknow. Lucknow. Those guys apparently have red soil and black soil pitches, and then they alternate based upon who the opposition is. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> KKR at the Vankade day game. KKR. I am going MI for this one. Uh, Royals at the NMS. Royals. I am going with the Royals. CSK at the Chinnaswamy. This is a tr- tricky one. CSK. I might get into trouble, but I'm going to go RCB. RCB, okay. Am I at the Rajiv Gandhi? Yeah, am I? Yeah. And then Royals are there now. Yeah. I go with the Royals. With that, it is time to wrap up this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Cricket with the West Coast Infidels podcast. As ever, we would love to hear your thoughts about this episode of the podcast, as well as the podcast in general. Please note that this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple and Google. Our free intro and IPL music was obtained by Chosik and Public Ringtones. Our regular hosts for the podcast are Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian at B Vijay Kumar, Ramakrishnan G Iyer at Fully Abet and Vasant Kumar at BKPL007. The next episode will focus on the next part of the league phase of this IPL.